You're listening to Time in the Word. As we study biblical prophecy and find that the future of many nations is clearly presented in Scripture, what role does the United States of America play in the end times? How should we interpret the silence of Scripture concerning the United States? If we do not fall from within or from without, how do we explain the United States becoming a second-rate nation in the last days? In today's message, Dr. Gonzalez will continue answering these and other questions. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity that we have to be able to open your word, study it. We thank you for the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us who helps us understand Uh, your words to us. We just pray that you would help us now as we uh, seek to study your word so that we may be able to uh, know your will and understand your will not only for this country but for us as individuals. We thank you and give you all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, last week we started uh, looking at the future of this country in relation to Bible prophecy, and we determined that the Bible is actually quite silent about the role that this country will play in biblical prophecy. Now, we said that we are able to to uh, uh, actually get quite a bit of information out of the fact that the Bible is quite silent about our role in Bible prophecy. Silence often has a lot to say. In fact, sometimes what is not said says more than the things that are said, and that is the case with uh, this country and Bible prophecy. Now, we looked at last week the, f- the four options that, that uh, uh, are presented to us Uh, in relation to why it is that this country is not mentioned in biblical prophecy. The first one, and I'll just recap in a few words here, the first option we looked at was that God simply just chose not to mention us, uh, but that in spite of the fact that He didn't mention us, we still remained as a world superpower all the way through the end of time until the second coming of Christ. We said that 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 could be a possible option, but it's not likely because, as we know, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that, that God would not mention the role that this country would play in the future events when certainly we've played such a uh, major role in, in, in world history uh, as a mediator or as a settler of conflicts from all over the world. Option number two was that, uh, in essence, uh, we would be somehow uh, attacked uh, either by a nation or a number of nations and that that attack would bring our demise and that we would not have enough time to retaliate and we would in essence be destroyed from outside forces. Uh, Again we said that that certainly would be possible but not plausible because in essence uh, there would be no possibility for that to occur to this country without this country first being able to successfully retaliate and in essence uh, probably uh, engage the whole world in a conflict that would bring, uh, in essence, the end. That doesn't fit the biblical pro- uh, picture, prophetic picture as well. And the option, the third option we looked at, and this is an option that certainly ha- uh, can be a contributing factor, but certainly it's not uh, the answer to the uh, to 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 
the answer as to what is the role of this country, why is this country not playing a significant role, because it actually raises more, more questions that, that we can answer. And that was the spiritual and moral decay of this country causing us to implode, essentially us destroying ourselves as a nation because of our spiritual and moral decay. Certainly we understand that that is a reality in our country, but we must also remember that in, in spite of the fact that there is a great decay spiritually and morally, we are still the most Christian uh, nation in the world, and we are still one of the most conservative uh, nations in the world, and that uh, in, in light of the condition, the spiritual and moral condition of most other nations and in in other continents around the world, we are still a lot better off than many of they are. So certainly that was not the best option. It, it was not the best scripturally supported. So we started looking at option number four. And obviously, I haven't gone into fully what this option is, but we started. We 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 obviously concluded that since option one, two, and three were not the options uh, that uh, that worked, option number four has to be the only option that uh, that would work, and it's the only option that is that is left. The first thing we talked about was our relationship with Israel. We know that at, we know that when the beginning of the tribulation period comes. We know that Israel will still be a nation who is prospering at that time. Uh, and we mentioned the fact that this country has been Israel's number one ally uh, since Israel became a recognized sovereign nation in 1948. So it appears that we will remain at least strong and somewhat healthy at least up to the point just prior to the time the tribulation begins because Israel is still prospering up to that point. So we know that we're still okay. We're still the world superpower at least up to the point just prior to the beginning of the tribulation period. But we also know from Scripture, for example, let me just read you this passage in Daniel 9.27 where it says, He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. That's a passage making reference to the Antichrist. And we know that the Bible clearly tells us that an individual at the beginning of the tribulation period, an individual will emerge as the leader of the Western Federation of nations uh, who will become powerful enough to come to Israel's side and become her protector. Now we know that the leader is Antichrist and we know that Antichrist, according to the verse we just read, Daniel 9.27, we know that Antichrist will sign a seven-year treaty with Israel guaranteeing their support to Israel and their protection. The question is, if we know that the states remains as the number one ally to Israel up to the point when the tribulation is going to begin, but that once the tribulation begins, Europe and Antichrist come to their side, what causes Israel or what happens to this country that causes Israel to look for to Europe for protection. Obviously something has transpired just before the tribulation begins 
and right after the tribulation starts, something has happened to this country that has caused Israel to, in essence, panic because they have lost their number one ally, their number one supporter, and it runs to Western Europe, to Europe, and to the leader of Europe, being the Antichrist, seeking their support and their protection. Clearly, we are told that, 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 that Antichrist and the revived Roman Empire, which is uh, the, the, the confederation of Western nations, uh, will become a superpower in the world scene. As a matter of fact, if you look at Daniel chapter uh, 7, uh, there's, there's a passage I want to read here in, in, in Daniel chapter 7. And I'm going to be looking at uh, verses uh, 23 through 25. Let's go ahead and look at that. Daniel chapter 7, verses 23 through 25. This is what the Bible says. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth trampling it down and crushing it. Verse 34, the, the ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the uh, the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time. That is a reference to three and a half years. So we're told in Daniel chapter 7, verses 23 through 25, that Western Europe or the Antichrist, once something happens to this country and, and we are no longer an influence in the world and a world superpower, either economically, militarily, politically, once we are out of the picture, there is a power vacuum that is created. And in essence, what happens is the Antichrist simply steps in to that power vacuum and, and, and in essence, becomes, along with his revived Roman Empire, the uh, newest superpower in the world scene. The United States is, is clearly no longer Israel's protector. It is now Antichrist with his confederation of nations. Clearly, something has happened to this country causing a major power shift to occur. But what has happened? Here we go, folks. Now, remember, we said that something happens just before the tribulation begins that causes this country to, in essence, collapse to the extent that it no longer plays a significant role in future history. And I am going to call that the rapture factor. factor. Let me... Let me let, Follow this train of thought with me. Let me give you a few points so, so, so that you're following me all the way through. First of all, the United States is currently, we all know this, the United States is currently the world's greatest superpower, and as such, it protects Israel from her enemies. Number two, Israel remains steadfast and prospers because of our aid and our protection. Number three, 
at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, Israel finds an urgent need to seek aid and protection elsewhere. Fourth, Antichrist, the leader of the revived Roman Empire, comes to Israel's side and signs a seven-year treaty with her guaranteeing that she will uh, be protected uh, and, in essence, get from his empire what she used to get from the United States. And fifthly, there has been an unprecedented power shift occurring in a relatively short period of time, in the time right before the tribulation begins and the time right when the tribulation starts, there's an unprecedented power shift uh, in that uh, small period of time where the power shifts from the United States uh, to the Antichrist's European Empire. We are no longer at that moment the most powerful country in the world. We are now a second-rate nation and Antichrist, along with his revived uh, Roman Empire, has stepped in to, 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 to fill that power vacuum and he now becomes the supplier, the aid giver, and the protector of the nation of Israel. Again, what has occurred that causes this country to collapse? Here it is, folks. It is called the rapture. And we spent some considerable time talking about the rapture several weeks back. If you were not tuned in, if you were not listening to this program, you can go ahead and, 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 and get copies of those messages. But the rapture occurs. This is the one event that can certainly cause the United States to collapse. It is the one event that can bring this country to its knees. And when it occurs, that power vacuum uh, will result and the Antichrist will just simply step, step right in, causing him and his empire to become the newest world superpower. Now, I suppose some of you are asking yourselves at this stage, how can the rapture alone cause the United States to collapse? Well, Let's consider some important facts and some statistics that will help answer that very question. First of all, let's look at the United States. Let me give you some statistics here. Patrick Johnstone published in his book entitled Operation World these statistics. He concluded that based on the total U.S. population, a number that came from the 2000 census, 65 million Americans identified themselves as individuals who are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If that figure is correct, that is the equivalent to about 23% of the U.S. total population. Now, I want to make a point, and in order to avoid extremes, we're going to use a far more conservative number than this study shows. We're not going to go with 65 million. We're going to use a smaller number, a more conservative number, and we're going to use the number of 50 million Americans. Now, let me 
pose this scenario for you. If the rapture were to take place today, and 50 million Americans were suddenly vanished, that means that approximately 20% or one-fifth of the entire U.S. population would be gone. And who are these people? Well, according to Jesus, these are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, according to Jesus in Matthew uh, 5, 13 through 14. Now, think about that. Now, we're not including in this number. We're talking about productive adults. 50 million, a conservative number. 50 million. Because the study that Mr. Johnstone did showed that 65 million Americans claim to have a personal relationship with Christ. So we will go with a more conservative number and use 50 million. If 50 million Americans were to vanish from one moment to another, the salt of the earth and the light of the world was to vanish, one-fifth of the U.S. population was to vanish, that would, in essence, cause this country to collapse. But let's continue looking at some statistics. Now let's compare the United States with the rest of the world. Now you might be asking, would not the rest of the world suffer the same impact by the rapture as the United States would? Well, no. And let me give you some statistics that came out of Mr. Johnstone's uh, research. Think of these numbers. According to his research, 23% of the uh, American, the U.S. population, claims to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 23% of this nation's population. Take, for example, the entire continent of Africa. Not one nation in Africa or ten nations. In, take the entire continent of Africa. According to his study, approximately 11.4% of the entire African continent claims to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That means that less than half of the entire population of the entire continent of Africa claims to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and would be raptured than there are in this country alone, 23%. Look at Latin America. All of Latin America, we're including everything from Mexico all the way down to Chile and Argentina and all the countries in between, Central and South America. According to this study, 9.1% of the entire Latin American population is Christian or claim to have a personal relationship to Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to help you see the picture here. If this country, if the rapture were to occur now, this country alone would lose more people than entire continents would lose if the rapture were to occur right now. Africa would lose, the entire continent of Africa would lose about 11%. The entire, all of Latin America would lose about 9%. Look at this, Asia, for example, according to this study, 2.7% of the entire Asian population would be gone. Only 2.7% of the entire Asian population 
compared to the U.S. alone, 23%. Think about this, Europe. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is shameful. Europe, including Western Europe, where the church was reformed and restored to the truth, where we had such great evangelicals uh, as Martin Luther and John Calvin and Swingley, and where we had some of the greatest uh, English-speaking and, for that matter, German and French-speaking Christians in the world. Europe, the entire continent of Europe, would lose no more than 2% of its entire population. The whole continent versus the U.S. alone, 23%. Now let's look at the Middle East. How many productive adults would the Middle East lose if the rapture were to happen right now? According to this study, not even half of 1%. To be more precise, the number is three-tenths of a percent. 0.3%. That's how much the entire Middle Eastern area would lose in the rapture. Now, you, are you, if your question is, wouldn't the rest of the countries in the world suffer as much uh, by the rapture as the U.S. would? Not according to this statistics. The U.S. alone would lose more people than every other continent would, period. As a matter of fact, you would probably have to add up the number of people that would be raptured from every other continent and you would slightly have more than the US but that's including every other continent. Do you see what I see when we look at these statistics? There are not many nations or continents for that matter that would lose that many people as a result of the rapture. As a matter of fact there would, there would, there would be countries in the world that if the rapture were to occur right now, it would be nothing more than a bleep on the radar screen. They would actually, they would not know <laughs> unless they, unless, unless they turn their TVs on and listen to the CNN and, and all the, the, the global uh, news reporting agencies saying that millions have disappeared all of a sudden from the U.S. And, and other parts of the world. There are countries in the world that they would not even be aware of the fact that the rapture had just taken place unless they turned on their TV. Listen, at the rapture or the snatching away of God's people will create a scenario like none this country has ever experienced. Now, since we have just uh, a couple minutes left, I don't want to get into the third point I wanted to make under this, which is the effect that the, that the rapture would have on this country. Let me just make some application here. We know from the study of Scripture that the rapture can occur at any moment and we know that only those who are related with Jesus Christ will be raptured because they are the ones who are the church. The rest will be left behind to experience the most horrendous events in all of human history. Let me ask you this question. If the rapture were to occur today, would you be raptured? Would you be summoned into the presence and glory of Christ 
to spend eternity with him forever? Or would you be left behind to experience the worst atrocities in human history and perhaps not survive them? Well, we have to close, folks. Father, we thank you so much for this study. May you continue to speak to us as we seek to bring you all the honor and all the glory. We thank you for your word. We thank you for prophecy. We thank you that you have already revealed to us the future of the world and the future of this country and our future as your children. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.